Genesis 42 and verse 5, And the sons of Israel came to buy corn among those that came. Everybody was coming. For the famine was in the land of Canaan, and Joseph was the governor over the land. And he it was that sold to all the people of the land. Did you get that line? Joseph was the one. And Joseph's brethren came and bowed down themselves before him and their faces to the earth. He saw his brethren. He knew them. But he pretended not to know them. He spake roughly to them. Kind of a brash and barking question. Where'd you come from? He knew exactly where they came from. The test was on. Then they said, we came from Canaan to buy food. Here's the last verse I'll read to you. And Joseph knew his brethren, but they didn't know him. Had they just known who he was? Now, Father, your powerful presence is in this house. You've commissioned me to speak this word to your people. You've orchestrated this night, crafted it before the beginning of time. You knew who would be here tonight. You knew all the people that needed help. You knew, Lord, that the lot of us were inept. We were wanderers, but you gave us help and hope. And you put this body together. You fitly framed it. I pray tonight, let someone's understanding be open. And let us see our brothers and the sisters for who they are in this place. I thank you, Lord, for endowing my brother with gifts in his hands. They were made for the body. I thank you, Lord, for blessing his hands. I'm praying right now that the healing hands of my brother, endowed with all the spiritual gifts, might bring about my own help. I need to see him for who he is tonight. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And all the people lifting up their hands and their voices tonight and asking God to bless us with his revelation and his spirit in the word. Would you do that right now? In the name of Jesus, we pray. out of your mouth everybody in this house if you if you know anything about the lord just begin to pray right now come on help me now pray we need you lord we can't do this by ourselves now we got to have the lord here hallelujah 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 put aside all the things of your mind and all the things of your day we're calling on jesus right now we need you jesus we need you jesus hallelujah i thank you Amen. And everybody said amen. May be seated. Thank you for standing. 
It's a midnight meeting when a well-seasoned Jacob finally seeks God and wrestles with him in the night. He sought for a blessing of which he had no discrepancies but whatever God would provide. The blessing came in the form of a new name, Jacob. His new name would be called Israel. But the issues of Jacob's life were not solved with a new image or a new name. He still had some problems. In fact, he hung on to the failures of his father, Isaac. You see, Isaac had always loved Esau more than Jacob. And Jacob remembered that he held on to it. Maybe in our adulthood, we forget to change paths and... We forget to break the the ropes of resentment that tie our emotional stability. So we grow up purposely dysfunctional. Jacob had trouble breaking those ropes in his own life. He loved Rachel even though Leah was his first wife. He had many sons but Jacob, now called Israel, loved Joseph more than all the rest of his children. The Bible says so. He doted over Joseph. He gave him gifts. He showed him unnecessary attention. Purposely. What Jacob thought was love was really a wedge between Joseph and his other brothers. Finally, as a showcase of favoritism and a foolish act, as it was. Jacob gave Joseph a coat made of many colors. It was flashy. It was flamboyant, ostentatious, gaudy. Everyone knew the meaning and whoever Joseph, wherever Joseph went wearing that coat, it was a symbol of his father's partiality. I might pause here just to offer a word to the wise. If your father blesses you, just remember, you need not always show your colors. Even people who should rejoice can become jealous. Not everybody is happy when somebody is blessed. Joseph's unique life also entails dreams from God. So not only does his earthly father give him something, his heavenly father also endows him with dreams, which, of course, he could not keep to himself. He is a young teenager, full of zeal and full of himself. He tells of the stars bowing down to him, the sheaves of wheat bowing down to him, proclaims that all the brothers, even his father, will all bow down. He repeats the words without regard to those who hear him. His brothers are angry with the dream. They will respond with contempt. It will lead them to make the worst decision of their lives. They cannot control their anger. So they plot to kill Joseph. And had it not been for the voice of reason from Judah, maybe perhaps Reuben, Joseph would have died that day in a hollowed out pit. But life will not turn well even though he lives and survives. He will spend the next 13 years of his life in some sort of prison, some jail. And years outside of his own life and with outside constraint, they're going to help him. They will mark, make a mark on his former arrogant self. A boss does that. And much more a dictator does that. 
All those rough edges of indiscretion and self-gloating will be chipped away. One by one. From the voice of another man. And one by one, Joseph's rude and brash traits will be smothered. By the voice of authority. And then they will be smoothed to a refined and smooth finish. Some introspective self will develop now. Thirteen long years to go to school just to learn how to behave. But God had a plan for Joseph and he knew it. He just didn't know when it would come about. In fact, Joseph will come to realize it when he ascends to the throne, but it'll have a lasting effect when he sees his own brothers. In fact, he will say when he sees his brothers after he reveals himself, he says, what you did to me when you sold me into slavery and banished me from my father's house and stole my youth and my comfort. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And in retrospect, Joseph was looking back at his growth in maturity, his learning and ability to manage. He he had to practice patience and gain understanding and deal with diverse personalities. They meant it for evil, but God used that time to craft Joseph into a man capable enough to lead the entire nation of Egypt, and he did so single-handedly. When he interpreted the dreams of the Pharaoh, he did not brag on himself that took 13 years of growth to get that out of his system. Instead, Joseph submitted to the king that the king, Pharaoh, would find a man with wisdom to lead the nation through times of plenty in order to survive the years of famine to come. That task befell him. He would save during the times of plenty. It was given to him, unlike so many throughout history who squander their gain on temporary things. Joseph built barns to store the grain. He held it back because he knew a day was coming when the gaunt cows would eat up the healthy cows. And when the scorched grain would devour the good grain. How could it be that the helpless would one day destroy the mighty and the weak would consume the strong. Pharaoh wanted to know and Joseph told him the answer. Seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine. Joseph said that the coming famine would wipe out the memory of the years of harvest. Genesis 41 and 30. And all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt and the famine shall consume the land. I need to bring us somewhere tonight and I think the Spirit has already led us to that point but I cannot get there unless you and I realize the power that rests in the hands of our brother. Joseph held the authority of the nation in his hand and Egypt became the center of the surrounding known world. People from nations afar off traveled there for grain. They brought their gold and their silver and precious stones and traded them for bread. Because a pound of gold means nothing to a starving family. They traded their treasure for food because metals and fabric and silk and heirlooms won't feed the family. They bartered finally their land. They traded it. They gave it to Joseph and to Egypt to save themselves. It was the sensible thing to do. Die and have land or live and be poor. Starve to death. And keep what you have or lose it and live. 
And when they gave away all their wealth and all their land, they gave themselves as indentured servants to Egypt. They traded their skills for food, their lives to live under Pharaoh's rule. And Pharaoh looked around and saw the world bowing at his feet because Joseph was that man of wisdom. Joseph controlled it all. He had the power, unspeakable power. He had favor not seen in the world. He had authority to execute judgment on anyone at any time. He was the man. No president, no magistrate, no king ever rose higher than Joseph. No one could touch him. He spoke and mighty men ran to obey his spoken word. He gave direction and people from the inside and outside the kingdom followed without a whisper of rebuttal. Joseph was the unquestioned, unmatched, unsurpassed leader and savior of the world. He held the grain and the food in his hand. He held the wealth and the power and every step he took was in the perfect will of God. Two years into the famine, two long years into the famine, and the whole world was starving, consumed it all. Nobody even remembered the days of plenty. Canaan even was consumed with famine, and Jacob and his family knew it, and all they had left was herbs and spices, but no bread and no food. The animals were dying, they were withering away. All of them were scraping the bottom of barrels, desperate to find a grain, some morsel left. So finally Jacob sent his sons to Egypt to purchase the food. It was the end of life as they knew it. And he sent them off, Simeon and Levi, Zebulun, Issachar, Dan, Gad, Naphtali, Reuben, Judah, and more. They all went there except for one. He, he held back Benjamin because he was afraid that something would happen to Benjamin. But the rest of them, the ten of them went. They will make their way into the halls of the court where Joseph resides. They will weave their way, standing in line with so many other people. And Joseph sees them, but they do not recognize him. He looks different to them. He's 22 years older than the last time they saw him. In fact, the last time they saw him, he was clawing, scratching the walls of that pit with his hands, trying to climb out the dirt, filling his fingernails. But now he's sitting in the seat of authority, wearing the signet ring of the king. The last time they saw him, he looked like a little Hebrew boy, but now he is dressed in the attire of Egyptian royalty. They enter as beggars from Canaan, Locked out of the basic provisions for life. They don't know that their own brother holds the key to their need. They would have never guessed that Joseph, that Joseph, the young man who was sold off, had the answers to every question of their life. They would never have believed that their brother was the keeper and protector of their present and their future. That they would not live without him. They weren't looking for their brother. They were looking for a stranger. They weren't looking inside. They were looking outside. They didn't think anybody they knew could help them. They thought they had to get it from somebody they didn't know. They didn't want a familiar voice. They wanted a voice that they had never heard before. They needed to go to a conference or a camp meeting. They needed to go to a convention. They needed to find the newest fad, the newest teacher, preacher, exhorter, guru. Because surely he couldn't come among his brothers. No way the brothers could say anything. No way somebody that I know could actually give me a word that would feed my life. No way that somebody that I am familiar with that I see every day, every day, I grew up with would have enough words of wisdom and sustenance to save me. I don't know, maybe just me, but I launch in all kinds of studies just because they're interesting to me. And a few months ago I started to do, read some medical journals and... 
I was researching a few facts about the human body. It intrigued me, so I read on and I took a lot of notes, but I, I didn't bring them all because I thought it would be too laborious to go through it. But did you know that your own body makes about 2.5 million red blood cells, cells every second? Did you know that your body also makes 250,000 white blood cells every second you're living? That's a million right there. There are 50 to 75 trillion cells in the human body and the nervous system is the control center for them all. The medical journal calls your liver your regrowable organ and it will compensate the body if your gallbladder is removed. Your human body, the body is incredible in so many ways, but medical research doctors have concluded that the body has an instinctive way to heal itself. When there is a wound, the body is in full function to heal itself. It's rushing to heal it. If a foreign substance enters the stomach, the lining produces cells, and I quote, the live fast and die young cells. It is constantly replenishing itself. It lives for a little while and dies off. It lives fast and dies off just to heal all the stuff in your body. I won't labor here long, but just to say that the body is designed to protect itself through hair follicles and skin and replenishing cells and white blood cells are all rushing to heal it. The blood clots, open wounds, the eyelids constantly in motion to moisten and protect your body. They're there's so much stuff going on that you never even think about because the body is its own best self-help and best healer. God made it that way. And he didn't make your human body any different than he made the church body. The body of Jesus Christ is just as powerful as the human body. You don't need to look on the outside to find out how to direct your life. I got a word for the church. My brother's hands have all the power and the gifting that I will ever need. If you'll just wake up and look around you, there's a Joseph sitting next to you. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought. But to think soberly according as God has dealt every man the measure of faith. For as we have members in one body and all members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ and every one members of one another. Having then gifts different from one another. Grace is given to us whether prophecy. Let's prophesy. If you can prophesy do it according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teacheth, teach. Or he that exhort, exhort. If you got to give, give. Do it with simplicity. He that ruled, do it diligently. If you have mercy, show cheerfully mercy. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly, affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributed to the necessity of the saints, giving in hospitality, bless them which persecute you, bless and curse them not, rejoice with them that do rejoice, weep with them that weep, be of the same mind towards one another, mind not the high things, but condescend the men of low estate, be not wise in your own conceit recompense to no man evil for evil provide things honest in the sight of all men if it's possible as much as life in you live peaceably with all men dearly beloved avenge not yourself but rather give place under wrath for it is risen vengeance is mine I will replace saith the Lord therefore if thine enemy hunger feed him if he thirst give him drink for in doing so thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head be not overcome with evil but overcome evil with good hear me Reuben is looking for help now Naphtali is looking for somebody
somebody else. They're all looking for a stranger when in fact their brother is the very body in their own flesh. His DNA, his blood is thrown through their blood. If you just look around the church, the greatest miracle is not going to come from an evangelist that you don't know. It's going to come from your brother and your sister that's sitting behind you. I got a word for you. My brother has giftings in his hands. He's got a gift and I need it in my life. I'm going to tell you why you're not healed. Let me tell you why you keep struggling. Because you've been taking advice from somebody online. And the 20 years of Dr. Phil still hasn't helped you. Uh-huh. That's right. You've been hoping that a brand new book will come out. When in fact, the person that really needs to minister to you, they're just sitting across the way. But you can't see them. You'd never guess. You'd say, you'd say to yourself, they're just too young. Now you know they're young in the Lord. <laughs> Mark Katra. You got the Holy Ghost. Did you get, get the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues? And when, when, did you, when did that happen, Mark? Two weeks ago, we baptized you in Jesus' name. Who baptized you? Do you remember who baptized you? Brother Barber? The same spirit that's inside of you is inside of me. I'm not better than you. I'm a little taller. Hey, listen, if you'll just pray for me, I don't care if you know all the books of the Bible, you got the Holy Ghost inside of you. If you just put your hands on my shoulder, if you just, Mark, look at me, look at me. I just want you to pray in the name of Jesus. The Bible said, whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus and giving thanks to God and the Father by him. That's the word. If you'll just pray in Jesus' name, say, I pray for my pastor that you give him wisdom. (laughs) You put your hands upon this man. I pray that you put, Father, I pray that you open his eyes. Father, I ask that you just open open us up into all things, Father, uh, into all your wisdom, man. Children, Father, we are so thankful for you, Master. We're so thankful, Father. Jesus' Come on, you ought to clap your hands unto the Lord. I got a Joseph in my midst right now. I got a prayer warrior, an intercessor. There's spiritual gifts in Mark's life. I'm going to tell you what you need. You need to get rid of your stinking pride. You need to think that you got to have the special person lay hands on you. If you just look around you, there's somebody next to you, and you have a need. They've got the answer. I'll tell you what's happened to us. I'm going to tell you what's happened to us. We got professional. We got sophisticated. We got to have the right words. You don't have to have the right words. I won't point them out, but there's a guy that started coming to church here. You're doing so good. I'm so glad. But when he first came to church, he didn't know how to pray. He didn't know how to pray. He didn't know how to, know how to pray. God, I love you, Jose. Can you see? 
I heard that out of his mouth while I was praying. This national anthem, he threw that in there because he knew that was a good one too. I don't really care how you do it. I'm going to tell you, you just reach out to the Lord. You've got to get rid of all that stuff. Hear me. You don't have to have a seasoned minister to lay hands on you or speak the word. You just got to have somebody who's your brother. Your brother's got the answer. See, the spiritual gifts of healing and miracles, with the word of faith, the word of wisdom, the working of miracles, the gift of prophecy, the discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation, they were not meant for the world. They were meant for the body, by the body, to the body. They were given to the brothers and the sisters of the church to minister one to another. They weren't meant for us to show off in the world because the world doesn't understand all of that. They don't get it. It wasn't for us to walk around and be like, be like somebody who just foretells everything. It's not, it's not something to use maliciously or something to show off. It's for the body. It's my brother. And my brother, if I, if I would honor my brother and let my brother touch me and put his hands on me. If I let my brother speak to me. It was good till that moment. Because we do a lot better letting people pray for us than speak to us. As long as they're talking to God and not directly to me, I can receive it. But the moment they start giving me direction... I start measuring their own lives and their past. I consider who they are. And I disregard the Holy Spirit that's inside of them. Oh, no. (laughs) I wonder how many times Joseph walked up to you and tried to say something to you, but you sniffed on them because you know who they are. I wonder how many times the young people walked around. They would have loved to have prayed for somebody, even each other. But, but you had a spirit of, you know, I'd rather you not touch me. What if they said something to you? Could the body help itself? I'm going to tell you why the body's sick. Because the body doesn't heal itself. Now listen, if you need professional counseling, go get professional counseling. If you need medication, by all means, go visit the doctor, get, get your medication, get whatever you need. But I want to tell you if, you, if you want a lasting healing, in the church, there is lasting healing for your marriage. Your marriage. You know, we've, done, we've taken on marriage counselors that don't know anything about the book. They don't know how the man ought to lay down his life and give himself to his wife as Christ gave himself for the church. If you figure that out, then you'll know how to be a husband. They don't know what forgiveness is like. Because they don't compute human forgiveness with the cross of Calvary. And if your spouse has done something egregious to you, you got to bury it in the blood and forgive them just as Christ forgave you. The problem is, no one has room to say anything 
even though some of you are holding the grain and the bread that would feed a life and a family i gotta say to you that the gifts of god are in the church oh. Watch, Pastor, now. This is happening all around us right here. Because we have children that know how to pray and get hold of God. And they love the Lord. They can pray over you and you could be healed. Could you receive that? Did you want to be healed? How about direction for life? Did you want to know where you should go and how you should do this and what should happen in your life? Do you want to know how you should do that? I'm going to tell you what. There's, if you look at them... You would think that some of our children can't pray for you. But I want to tell you what. Maybe you ought to get out of the line where the profound people are and get in the line where the gifted people are. Oh, no, you really don't want that. No, because your instinct says, well, I, I, if, if, I'll tell you what. If you'll just lay hands on me, Pastor, I know you've got it. Listen, you weren't baptized into me. Paul said, you weren't baptized in my name. You weren't baptized in Apollos. You were baptized in Jesus Christ. My hands have no intrinsic value. If I lay hands on you, it's the same as if Mark Contra laid hands on you. We've got the same spirit as the same body. And the chances are that if Brother Mark prayed for you, he don't have any preconceived notion of what you've done. Oh. Oh my. I'll tell, you what was about, I'll tell you what was happening here. Just a moment ago before I preached, people started to reach over. And I knew we were, in the, we were in the flow of the Spirit. People were reaching over. And they were about to lay hands on one another. And it was about to flow in this, in this place. I'll tell you, this is the moment. So Nico, I want you to come here and hope. Come on, hope. I want you to go stand behind that pulpit. In fact, maybe you could stand in front of it. Hope, Nico, you come and stand right up here. Hope you go and stand over there. Come on. Brother Scott, you come and, you come and stand by this pulpit. Stand over there, Hope. Nico, you stand right there. Now you're going you're to lift your hands to all the people. You're going to pray a prayer of faith over all of us. They're not going to hear your words. But we're going to know that you're praying for us. Because there's a Joseph in this house and they're endowed with spiritual, powerful gifts full of faith in this place. Are you ready to be delivered? Are you ready to be healed? Listen, do you think this is just a magic trick? It's not a magic thing. I'm not here to tickle your fancy. I'm not, I'm not here to make a show. I'm here to show you that God is in this place and there are people all around you. If you'd have enough faith to lean over, there are people in front of you and behind you. If they'll just put you to say, would you put your hand on me and pray? You don't know what kind of prayer would come out of their mouth. It'd be the answer to the question you've been, you've been, you've been seeking for all of these years. Right now, Nico, Brother Scott, Hope, just reach your hands out and begin to pray over the people. Pray for healing and revelation understanding.
Brooke and Connor, come here. Brooke, Connor, come with me. Amara, come here with me. Sherilyn, I want you to come with me. I want you to go two of you down that aisle. I want you to, I want you to lay hands on people. And two of you go down this aisle. Just both sides. Be very, be very careful. Sherilyn, go down that aisle. There you go. And just put your hand on people's shoulders as you walk down that aisle. Come here, Max. Come here. Come here. Come here. I want you to go down this aisle. I want you to get right, right in the middle right here. I want you to pray for the people. Brother John Matherly, come, John Matherly, come. Come, Brother John. I want you to grab Annie's hand right now. I want you to pray a prayer over her life and her family. Would you do that right now in the name of Jesus? There are people all around you right now. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You ought to reach out to somebody close by you. There's prayers going up. There's healing in this house. The body is ready to heal itself. The body is ready to minister to itself. Come on, stand with me now. Stand with me now. And you got to reach out. You got to get out. You got to find somebody. You got to put your arms around them. You got to say in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Oh, Lord, let us have a holy change, a value system change. Give us, Lord, eyes of faith and obedience of heart, Lord, I pray, to honor, Lord, and realize the great power of God in the family of God. Let us see, Lord, I pray, sweep over this building right now, Lord Jesus. Let there be a change of values. A realization, Lord. A realization of you are here. This is the body of Christ, Lord. Not in word only. Not in trite phrases, Lord. To see, Lord, that what you need and what I desire, Lord, is here. Open our eyes, I pray. Remove every obstacle, Lord, from our life. Melt every resistance of our heart. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be humble, Lord, before your handiwork. To realize your healing, your deliverance, your call, your word, your actual instruction, your wisdom, Lord, your deliverance. Lord Jesus, the vitality of life, the life itself, the miraculous power is in our hands. Help us to take steps, Lord, out of our spot. Help us to take steps out of our place. Steps of faith, steps of obedience. Lord, by faith, take a step expecting you to be there in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I pray. 
Oh, Lord, I pray for everyone whose eyes are still struggling to see. Open their eyes, I pray, even this moment. This very moment, speak your holy word. Let it be crystal clear. Give us illumination of the Spirit. Anoint our minds, understanding, Lord, our hearts to receive and act on it. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. So the Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, let the body not be left to itself. Let the body not be alone. Let not parts and people of the body of Christ be distant. Oh, Jesus. Reunite, reconnect, Lord, I pray. Let every broken place, Lord, have a rushing, Lord. Rushing member coming to it, Lord Jesus. Yours is the word. You are the word of God. Put the word in our mouth to speak to our brother. Let there be the gift of knowledge in this place. Let the gift of wisdom flow in this house. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Shake, I pray, Lord, out of our lethargy. Everything that resists you, Lord Jesus. In your name I pray. In your name I pray. Holy Ghost, move in this house. Have your way, Lord Jesus. Have your way, Lord Jesus. Have your way, Lord Jesus. Oh, Savior. Oh, Savior.